Viewer discretion is advised. I'd rather sit inside a car with you for three hours all night while you cry and tell me everything than have to sit and watch you get lowered into the ground. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing's off the table. Tonight's guest has all the way from Mangere 275 or Mangele and Tamaki Makoto. He is a promising young man, but also an amazing talent. He's on his last and final year at Unitech, and he's also been studying a Bachelor of Performing Screen and Arts, and also a prolific dancer. The man is also part of a, a collective group called the Southside, Southside of Collectives, and also they, they aim to kind of create more platforms for our, our young people in, in South Auckland. So please put your hands together for this amazing young man, Andre Busby! That's man. the best audience I've ever had. Thank you, thank, you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh man, thank you for coming on, bro. I, I, just, just real quickly, um, Andre, because I thought your name was Bobby at one time, at <laughs> one time, and so we kind of, yeah, we kind of, kind of, be cool, kind of how we kind of met, and but more so, I think because you know someone very, very well on this table. Uh, before we kind of get into to the conversation, it's interesting. We kind of met at at um at, at Nike at the Nike shop or the Nike store, and. Um, you were working there, and, and we kind of we kind of caught each other. Oh no, we kind of started talking, and you kind of told me who you were, and bro, and you're here, you're here because I was like, man, this guy, this guy's an interesting young man, and then I didn't realize, I didn't realize until we kind of had the conversation, and so you're here, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, man, because um, you, you'll and I'll, I'll let him share, but uh, they 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 speak highly of you, bro, and so bro, just off the bat. Just if you can tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, nah, glad you spotted me. I was like, working at Nike, I knew it. I was like, hey, I'm sure I've seen this guy somewhere holding the boxes like perfect as like, bro, spot me, G. <laughs> 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 nah, but nah, yo, pleasure to meet you. <clears throat> Thankful to be here. Um, my name is Andre Busby. Honestly, you introduced me really well. You didn't even know what to say about myself. Um, 22 years old in my last year of tertiary study and very tired <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah um, I grew up in Mangere and this guy across the table was my oldest brother ooh, ooh plot twist way oldest brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like how old few dinosaurs yeah <laughs> something like that maybe more <laughs> He was like black and white television. <laughs> nah, wait, there wasn't even television or smoke signals back then. <laughs> oh, bro. Nah, it's cool to have you on here. I think it's just buzzy. And we were talking a little bit about this before. Like, um, obviously, when you're with your family, you talk a certain way. Mm. And, you know, we have our way of talking and joking around and then, like, being in a space where typically it's a bit more formal so I was like I was having an internal dilemma about oh man like this is going to be such an interesting one to talk about but also I think a cool opportunity to talk about aspects of our family that make us who we are because I think mm. similar to a lot of our other guests we don't really talk about the stuff that makes us who we are sometimes we do we touch on it but um yeah I, I think it's typically been limited to jokes. Like we'll joke about the stuff we really want to say if it's getting into like touchy territory. Yeah. It's it's typically we use our sense of humor as a shield almost, I reckon. Yo. Yeah. So it's it's good to have you here. Um I think one of the things I'm curious about is like you mentioned before, you're twenty two years young. Um 
And life's a struggle, yeah? Obviously, you coming out of high school and going into study, um, that's something I'm curious about because growing up, I think it's hard to know what you want to do with your life. So how did you come to know that dance and performing arts was for you? Yo, this is a cool-ass question because I don't get asked that much. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I felt like in high school I was in high school I was naughty as a... I was just like always getting in trouble in that. So I took dance as like just a muck around subject just to get out of science and then ended up liking it. So I stuck with it and got me out of heaps of trouble and like, yo. So I think that getting me out of trouble like in my earlier years was like something that I just held on to in my head so that when I did finish school and I didn't really have anywhere to go or like no really no sense of direction like I still knew how I felt in high school like not getting in trouble not getting like chased by anyone or like yelled at so I don't know I think yeah just kind of finding finding that young I think I was just lucky as to find it in high school like if I didn't take that class who knows where I would be now probably like Mm. sitting at home being lazy (laughs) on the Benny chilling but bro I don't know eh? I think I took a gap year as well after I graduated. Oh, didn't graduate from school. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> nah, yeah. In year 12, I was like, I think I finished year 12 and then didn't finish year 13. And then I took a gap year and done a few bum jobs that I just hated, like warehousing, like brainless, endless jobs that I knew I had, like didn't want to do. And I think that pushed me to find and like remember the time in high school where I was like, Yo, I like dance. That's something I was good at. It's something people told me I was good at. So, I don't know. I feel like that gap year really served me well as well. Oh, bars. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is, it is um, Andre, because I think a lot of people think, or a lot of young people, when they leave school, they, or school leavers think, oh, yep, leave school, go straight to university. Mm. Uh, but I think I think even more so now, a lot of, a lot of the younger, younger people are thinking, man, you know what, I should have a gap year. I should just, just go and work and, and try things. Uh, so, how are you feeling it now? Are you... Obviously, with your, your on your last legs of of Unitech and your and your bachelor, I'm just wondering: are you, is is dance going to be the the main thing for you? Are you going to go straight to that kind of <coughs> arena or space, or is there something else that, that's kind of looming that you you want to give a go? Frick, I don't know. I think I think I got a bit of a future with dance for now, at least a few years where I can still move before I get broken backs for these <laughs> but um, nah yeah I think dance at the moment is something that I do really want to do I do have a lot of other interests as well that I would like to branch out in the future like fashion all of that stuff like just anything that I don't know I can get creative with I guess is like an interest to me and it's something that I do want to explore so let's go cool. cool. and that's cool <clears throat> excuse me dance seems like it's almost the tip of the iceberg. Like, you know, you mentioned things like fashion that you want to get into. Um, so it's kind of kind of cool how it's like unlocked this creative thinking where you're mm. like kind of wanting to try different things. And I suppose that's kind of a cool reason to jump into like things like the Southsiders Collective and mm. some of the other groups because you've been a part of like lots of different other groups and causes. So um, can you talk a little bit about um, what that's been like, that journey in terms of getting involved in all lots of extracurricular activities? Yo, bro, I don't know. I feel like mum and dad didn't really chuck us in heaps. Like, as kids, I feel like I was shouted as when I was in high school. Like, 
finding all these people who done like crazy ass stuff that I had never heard of. So it was, I don't know. I feel like I didn't do a lot of extracurricular stuff. I felt like I kind of fell into it, just like out of circumstance or luck. But I think once I got into it, I got like real hooked. And it was just, I feel like, like how you said, dance is the tip of the iceberg, Jay. I feel like that's exactly like how I see it. Like, I feel like dance is like almost the intersection of everything else in my life and all my other interests. So I'm like, I do volunteering with Ava, my partner. I do volunteering with her, like releasing plants in there and like cleaning up streams in there on the weekends. And like, I think that's a real big interest and that goes into my dance, like, cause I'm interested in plants and that. So when I'm dancing, I would be like, bro, I want to make a piece about plants. I want to chuck in some fake trees or something. I want to chuck in like a pile of leaves, have people under it, like covered or like someone from the ceiling or something get like repelled down. So I don't know. I think it's just finding this intersection where all of your interests can like coexist and feed each other. And yeah, I feel like that's kind of what gets me going. Jeez, that's, that's interesting, um, Andre. And it seems like, um, like you're saying, it's kind of like you know, dance is kind of like your stepping stone. It's going to branch out to all these other things. And so, like you, because you're quite creative and you're still very young. Um, but I'm just wondering, because in terms of your creativity, what would be the epitome for you to like, okay, because all these things are happening in your head, like, oh, dance, garden, all these plants. What would be the what would be the one thing that you you would like to incorporate in some of your choreography and so forth? I just want to incorporate me as yeah. much of me as I can. You know, um, I think one of my biggest fears is not being remembered and not having a legacy after I die. And I think dancing is my way of like making sure I stay here, like making sure that my soul has a place here, like. And that people know me after I've left, like that I've made an impact somewhere. I don't know, even if it's to inspire some random other brown boy to start dancing and not get in trouble all the time. Like, bro, that's enough for me. Eh? Oh, that's cool, and that's cool. That's deep. And, and it's cool to, it's just quite interesting that you'd have that thought at such a young age, like thinking about legacy and death mm. and all that sort of thing. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, where did that mindset come from in terms of thinking that far ahead? Because you have so much ahead of you that you could be focused on, but just the fact that that occupies some of your mental real estate, like where did that come from? Some of it is like 50% of it. <laughs> 50% of it I'm planning like after I die. <laughs> Bro, it's like, nah, it's not. As morbid as it sounds, I feel like it's something us polys especially like think about heaps. Like, bro, we're all... We all brought up in those religious households in there. Like mum and dad had us going to church in there every Sunday and like I don't know, I feel like we're always thinking like, yo, we have a plan in life. And like there's nothing wrong with it. Like I love my like I love religion in that. But I think we spend so much time thinking about where we're gonna end up after we die. But people don't I feel like people don't think too much about what they leave behind as well and like what they're doing on the like I feel like people think about what they're doing on the way but they don't. I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It might just be yappy, yappa, yappa, yappa. But I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. It's interesting. It's interesting um, thoughts um, and, and, and kind of the way you, you're thinking, um, Andre, because like, like what Jay was saying, not too many young people or, or many that I know are thinking more of, of the death um, spectrum and legacy. But you, you just hit it off straight off the bat, like, oh man, legacy, I want to leave a legacy and I want to be remembered. 
I think a lot of uh, people want to be remembered, but in terms of remembered by by what or from from what. Mm. Um, but very, very, I think I think you've got a very head of, um, good head on your shoulders, Andre. But I'm just wondering in terms of you talk about um, the household and religion and, and being sheltered. Uh, what was the like, like the, the home front? Yeah, what was? Yeah, that sounds real bad yeah. when you put it like that. Age. <laughs> no, no, Mom no, and dad no. are like, damn, <laughs> should have got the other brother on. <laughs> <laughs> but but it just maybe you can touch on that um, uh, a little bit, um, uh, Andre. Like the home front, how was you you guys as brothers growing up and all that? Yo, oh, bro, I don't know. I felt like we had a crack up as childhood. Like it was rough, but I don't know. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like. We like I felt like we got to experience a lot. Like even though I said we were sheltered there, like hypocrite, but <laughs> even though I said we were sheltered there, like I felt like we got to experience heaps and like I felt like we got a real I don't know, a different perspective on things. Like Yeah. We we're all like half cast because we were like half cast police and we we're all like I don't know, spending all that time trying to navigate your own culture is a big thing and then putting that in perspective with the world and the outside world like Bro, people look at you <laughs> like, yeah. bro, I'm at the self checkout and I get like three people from Countdown staring at me. It's like, I don't know. I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of history and trauma to unpack with our family, I feel. Mm. Mm. Wow. And, and it's, yeah, it's interesting because I think similarly, I feel the same way in terms of some of those other hobbies and interests, they kind mm. of. They just fall to you. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit curious um, in terms of the the aspect of culture. You mentioned culture before mm. and we weren't raised very close to the culture. Yeah. yeah. So like, how's that been for you growing up older now, especially at a time where like it's sort of the trend or in now to be like close to your culture, mm. connected to speak the language. Um, and yet that's something that we didn't really have growing up. Um, so how has that sort of impacted you and what are your thoughts on it? Bro, it's buzzy. I like, I feel like whatever remnants I had of our culture growing up, like as a kid, I felt like kind of just drifted away as we grew up. And I felt like because we weren't exposed to it, like with Nana and Grandpa and that, like mum never told us like how to understand them. And that. So it was like, there was always a language barrier between us and our grandparents. And I think... I don't know, that feeling kind of stuck with me in terms of anything to do with our culture. Like, anytime we had relatives over and we had to go through, like, bringing out the ipuki and that, handing it out to everyone, like, bro, I, like, didn't want to do it because I still had those same feelings, those, like, negative, like, connotations, like, kind of stayed around. So, I don't know, I felt like, I felt like, yeah, it was weird because we kind of, like, drifted away. Like, we had a bit like a sliver of like our culture and that but kind of just like we were like between homes like moving a lot like heaps of stuff was happening so felt like we didn't have that backbone almost or that foundation of our culture to like keep us you know kind of steady and stable so it was like a lot of balancing I felt like we were constantly like on a balancing act or like a seesaw because it's now nah, yeah it's strangey and what's it like now in terms of like, you know, we that sliver of mm. culture has gone when our grandparents passed, and then like now, do you have interests in reconnecting with the culture? Or like, how do you view the culture now? Bro, it's buzzy because I feel like 
Nana passing was like a big turning point in my life. And I felt like like a lot changed for me. Like that's when I started like acting like a f- like brat in school, like doing like the stupidest things, like getting into all the trouble that was like that time. And I think a lot of like the bad things I did do were just because I lost like Nana. And I don't know, I think I think now it's buzzy because I felt like I've gotten way more reconnected with my culture because of the trends and the institutions. Like, it's crazy because these white institutions like Unitech are getting me to do kapahaka and like sing out all this moldy. Like, bro, I haven't done this in like, what, since I was in, what, primary? Like, that was 20 years ago almost, bro. It's crazy. Like, I'm getting all, I'm getting more connected to my culture through almost like a colonized, like a colonial institution than I did in my home. And thinking about it is sad. Like we, we had that there, but I don't know. It's thinking about it, yeah, does make me sad. But well, how do you feel, G? Like, yeah, I think it's, I was frustrated for ages, I think. Like after Nana died, that just felt like the last, yeah. our last connection to Samoan culture. Yo. Prior to that, I grew up not liking it. Because I had like a negative perspective and I don't know if mum had told me directly or if it was like indirectly, but I just, this perception that like I couldn't be successful mm. and hold on to Samoan culture. Yep. And so for me, it was best to distance myself from it. And so I actively distanced myself from it thinking, you know, assimilating to Pakeha culture was the way to go. Yeah. Um, only to now realise I could have done both. We had it there. Yeah, like, yeah, we it was yeah. we had it there. And so there's there's times where like, oh, I'm just bummed day. Eh? And I think of Nana a lot because of mm. the example she was to us. Yeah. And so every now and then my thoughts are just to her and you know, what could have been. Um but yeah. I just try not to dwell on it too much. But it's tough, man. So mm. I'm like now wanting to reconnect and I find it is through things like study yo. that's like inspired me to want to get like, through it. So it's, more, yo, like, it's interesting, eh? That whole um contrast there nah yeah I was just bro cause today I was fully like looking up like going through Te Rarawa, like history and that taught like learning about the waka that our Māori ancestors came in on and like all of that stuff and I was just like bro I wouldn't have done this like two years ago like before I was studying like before I was studying I was warehousing like going back home and like drinking a beer <laughs> like I was like <laughs> depressed as like but nah yeah I think it's buzzy that like a white institution, like a university is the way that I've become like mm. interested in finding my culture again. Yeah, that's interesting. Man, that's, that's a lot to think about. You you bring up some good um, points as well, but both of you, because it, like you're saying, so you get a, a white institu- uh, institute is kind of, re- kind of feels like you're, you're reconnecting with your, with your roots or your identity. But I'm thinking of more so of a lot of our, our young young men like yourself, mm. um, Andre. Do do you kind of sense the same thing for some of our young men in terms of identity, or just cultural roots? Is there some, is there a part missing there for a lot of our young men? I don't know. I think there definitely is. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the boys just don't have anything else to do with. Like poverty's a big issue in our community. I feel like 
for anything that causes people to act out. I feel like they're just not getting looked after. I feel like <sighs> I don't know. Eh? Yeah, there's heaps going on right now. It's tough. Mm. And I suppose it can be hard sometimes to step back and like sort of reflect because life is so busy. Mm. You're sort of always on the go. And um, yeah, it's not always easier to step back and like have a look around at how everyone else is doing. And even then, you know, and it's something we've mentioned in the past, but like when someone asks you, oh man, like how you been? Oh, all good, all good. Mm. Mm, and yeah. then that's typically as far as we go in yeah. terms of talking about how things really mm. are. Um, and just on that topic, like, how was that for you? Because the interesting thing is that although we're family and we grew up together, because of our age difference, there are some points where our lives didn't cross over, where yo. like you were at home and by then I had gone. You had moved out with, yeah. like with yo. And we've seen like how mum and dad have changed over time. Mm. Um, so how was it for you in terms of like, having a sounding board and being able to talk about how you actually are doing. Like, did you find you had that in the home? I felt like sometimes, at least with mum, like, but I think that's just because I was mum's favourite. Get the privilege from mum, jeez. <laughs> mum privilege was a thing though. Yo. I feel like, it, like, a lot of us, I think even Brad too. Brad got mum privilege for a bit. Yo, Brad was out there watching rom-coms every yeah, Friday rom-coms. night. Rom-coms. <laughs> Sacrifice game time, like video games, bro, to watch rom-coms with mum. <laughs> mum will shout you like stoolie out sometimes. Yo, get pizza sometimes. Like, bro. Have you had time to like really look back at those times with them? Because I've had conversations with Kaz, well, my wife Kazna, and um, we've talked about that and it helped me realise something that I didn't realise was happening back then. But I don't know if you've had an opportunity opportunity to like think back about those times or maybe our experiences are different who knows bro i don't know i felt like why what was the realization i think for me it was like as much as i was there to be able to talk to mum about my stuff yeah she was also offloading a lot of stuff onto me and so without knowing it we were carrying a lot of the burden as well and that kind of i think affected my perception of dad, because typically yeah. we were always hearing the dramas. Yeah, like, we were always hearing. It was always the complaints. worst. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so it wasn't until I'd had that conversation with Kaz that I realized, like, it actually wasn't mm. that healthy. Even though at the time I was like, we had such good times with yeah. mom. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, I think there were some unintended yeah. consequences from that. No, I definitely picked up on some of that as well. But I don't know. I felt like. It was just something that, I don't know, we just had to tolerate. Like, it was something almost that I was just like, bro, mum and dad are doing the best they can. And, like, I know they're struggling, so, yo, like, I, this is, like, a fun time with mum. I'm going to take her for that. Like, That's yeah, she cool. might be burdening some stuff on me. And I don't mind, like, I got some strong shoulders. <laughs> but, like, I'll gladly, like, spend, like, a night with mum and just have a feed. Because, mm. bro, never know <laughs> You I miss mum. You can't get that, that time back, eh? Like, yo, yo. Those memories are solidified. Like, forever. those will, like, I do get that. And then I, like, I felt like that, like, a few times as well as a kid, where I was like, bro, like, I wish mum almost wouldn't tell me these things. Cause, like, now I'm like, bro, dad's mud. Like, walking around the house angry at dad, like, looking at him, like, opening the drawers, slamming them. Cause I was bro, treat mum better. <laughs> but then I'm like, nah, like, yeah. 
I think those times I do label more as just hanging out with mum yeah. rather than getting like burdened with yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. she was complaining about. So yeah. No, that's cool. And, and I suppose that goes to sort of show the, like maybe some of the isolation that mum felt where mm. she could, she felt like she could only offload, confide, yeah, confide yeah. in her um, children. Yo. Um, which kind of makes me sad a little bit when I think about it, but you know, I, I had a lot of frustration for mum and dad's shortcomings after I left home mm. and realised how ill-prepared I was for the world. Yo. Like you mentioned when you talked about being sheltered, like I absolutely felt Yo. that when I left home, I was like, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. Like life is a race and I'm starting way back Yo. because not that I had a bad upbringing, but I was so sheltered. Yeah. And so there was some frustration there, but over time I've come to just appreciate the good that we got mm. and know that although we were kind of sheltered, there's some uniqueness that came from that. Yo. And mum and dad did the best they could with the yo. knowledge they had at that time. So Definitely. Yo. Yeah. Always grateful. Mm. Love really? those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Love those guys. <laughs> so glad I came out of them. Because <laughs> how was it for, for you, brothers? Because it, it sounds, yeah, the conversation is, it is, it kind of sounds really real deep in, in, in terms of mum kind of, kind of pouring out her heart and some of, some of the issues that she may be withholding or, that mum and dad were going through, Jay and, and Andre. So were, were you guys able to express it, like express the issues that was happening with, between mum and dad amongst each other? Or was it just, oh man, I must be the only one who's kind of, that mum has kind of relayed this information to? I felt like, I felt like we would have had different experiences with that. Yeah. Just because I, I was like a middle child. So I had Travi who was above me. And then I had Hannah who was under me. And like, we kind of like went back and forth like, Bro, I wish mum wouldn't come home angry as like telling us to take the chicken out of the freezer. Bro, like angry, like we used to like gossip like that. But I feel like, did you get that with Richie and Brad? Because you're the older, so it would have been like, what do you reckon, Brad? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mum's about to call us and give us a hiding through the screen. <laughs> Bro, that was. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we might have, like me and Brad were really close growing mm. up. So I think if I confided in anyone, it would have been Brad. Yeah. But he'd also probably be hearing the same thing from mum because me and him both had that relationship with mum. So I think we did share stuff about that. And I think sometimes similar to you, it would have affected our perception of mm. dad at times. Yo. It may not have lingered. And of course, we still love dad. But there would have been times that, yeah we might have just seen things and been like, oh, mum was right. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause I'm assume, assuming, um, um, Jay, because you're the, you're the eldest, and sometimes you know, sometimes the eldest is always the one that kind of gets all the, okay, a lot of the burden is kind of shifted on, on their shoulders sometimes. If, if it's not mum and dad, he's, he's going to take take care of, of certain issues. And, hey, you're the eldest, you have to take you have to take it on board, and, and the mantle and so forth. So how was it for you? Like, because you're the eldest, did you feel like there was a, obviously it may have been a lot of pressure for you and you just, just, and so was it, was it like, kind of like, man, I just don't, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm, I'm still young. Third uh, parent. <laughs> yeah, third parent kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know if I was self-aware enough to like think things that deeply back then. I think I would have like similarly just took it and like mm. it would have been normal at, at that stage but I think there was I think extra internal pressure um, that I sort of took on I think wanting to be an example for my younger siblings was mm. like has always been a massive thing so that's always pushed me to try and overachieve and be the best that I could be 
Um, but I think the other thing was like fighting for attention. As silly as that sounds, even at high school, I still felt like at the end of the day, there were eight of us kids. There's only two parents. Mm. Like they only have so much time and attention to spare at any given day. Um, and obviously for the younger ones who are reliant on them, they get priority. Um, so I think there was there were periods where like I started to like play on my insecurity Yo. in terms of like, man, mum and dad, they couldn't make it to the one th- extracurricular activity, you know, I had at school. And even now, man, that like, bro, that, I just remember being so cut that they couldn't make it to a game. It was like, I don't even want to play rugby, but I just, I got convinced to play and I was like, oh, you know, we only had one rugby team at school. We got a game. It'd be cool with my parents. Like everyone else's families are there. And then to like go and like, there's no one there because they're busy, understandably so, but man, I cut like as a, as a teenager. So I think since then it's always been like trying to overachieve so that I felt worthy of my parents' attention. And it's kind of sad that it's like carried on even now. I'm 34 and it's still like low key in the back of my brain sometimes. Um, but I think I'm, I'm, I've gotten to a point where I'm proud of like our siblings, especially um, yeah. Andre. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Did you have similar experiences? Because I, I feel like everyone kind of had something similar in terms of like getting that approval from mum and dad and wanting their support. Yo, kinda. I think like I don't know. I felt like I felt like mum at least was always like pretty happy with like how I was doing at school. I mean, but yeah, I felt like for dad, yeah, like. Bro, we done so many. Like I done so many sports in that. And I don't think that guy turned up to any. I think, bro. Yeah, I don't think he turned up to any of like any of my games. But I think that's just because he was like busy in that with work. But I think that was a big like yearning for approval. <laughs> like, yeah. Bro, I'm playing like sports that I don't even care about. Like, <laughs> but nah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a big thing. But I feel like dance kind of took me away from that pretty quick because I was able to dance and like that was something I knew dad didn't like and I was just I like didn't really like care about so I was just like yo this is like my thing I'm gonna just take this and run at least for a bit till I drop the ball or something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's cool you mentioned something when we were talking about dance about like how people had told you you were good at it so you're like oh see I'll stick with it do you think like Maybe at the time you needed the approval, like friends' opinions mattered, mm. but now do you feel like you're at a point where you're sort of self-assured, where as long as you think you're all goods, you're fine, like you'll just keep pushing forward, or do you still feel there's like some need of like approval? Or like, mm. Nah, definitely. I feel like I'm always going to be looking for approval from someone. I feel like a lot of people are. Um, I think it just changes, eh, depending on what I'm into, what I'm doing at the moment. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm always, bro, because like studying, study, like studying, 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 study, and like a like predominantly white class, it's me, like one other Tongan boy, like a half cast like Tongan chick as well. <laughs> and then like a the few Maori girls, like two Maori chicks. But like being in an all white class where they're all like studio trained, They've been doing this since like they were little like they've got all of this history all of this performance like experience and i'm like bro i done this because i was like getting in trouble and didn't want to do science like <laughs> that's the only reason i like done that and now i'm here 
like auditioning for stuff that these guys have been working their whole life to like get at and it's crazy it's like it's a surreal experience like you definitely feel like bro i don't belong here or anything because no one else like me here but i think just thinking about that like differently kind of brought me back into like my flow like knowing that no one else like me was here knowing that like no one else here could do what i do or tell my story because it's my story like they didn't have the lived experience that i have they didn't go through what we went through like so i think that's something special that kind of like puts my mind back at ease i'm like bro if this chick can do it and she's like some chick from east like east auckland like ormiston college graduate like rich kid or something bro i can do it like bro all good nothing wipe it off that's cool cool. that's good mentality and be honest with uh with us andre i'm just assuming because you probably you're probably one of the best day like you took about all these different um, students. Don't be humble. Don't be humble. Nah, G. Don't be humble, man. Like, you, nah, my class you, is crazy. I like. I'm biggest fans of these guys. Like a real big fan. I wouldn't be the dancer I am without these guys. Like the inputs, like really changed the way I dance. Before this, I was like a little hip hop kid doing a dougie, like start jerky and do a little pin drop. Bro, that's all I was doing. But now I'm like doing crazy ass things on stage and it's cool like stuff i never would have dreamt of but it's cool or stuff man. i only would have dreamt of it's cool like being able to actually do it see yeah. it in real life and feel it and do you find it now like you know we have these preconceptions and we go into the dance or in anywhere and you think oh i'm the minority or these balangis that are in the classroom and there's a few islanders and maldives what's the perception now in terms of these these other dancers or these balangi dancers bro they're Bro, they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> straight good. up. Like, yeah, they're fine with it. Yeah. I mean, at least my classes. I think maybe I might have gotten a good batch or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but bro, these cats are pretty cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. I think a lot of a lot of the problems with like people not being confident in that comes from just being disconnected and isolated. And I feel like they're not surrounding themselves enough with people that do kind of like nurture their growth. I don't know. I feel like in a world where we strive to be so connected with social media and all this other stuff, all these other crazy platforms, finding new ways to connect, I feel like it's just driven us to like a bigger point of isolation mm. where we're all hiding behind, you know, what we want others to see. We're only showing what we want others to see. Damn. Bro, that got deep, eh? Shallow wind. Man, and how do you um, like navigate that space? With like social media is becoming almost essential now. It's like, <coughs> excuse me, it's like a way to put yourself out there mm. as well. And obviously, like dance is one of those mediums where like, uh, like performances are recorded, and yeah. sometimes you use social media can to, transfer like, it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you navigate that space then, and not get trapped in the whole like your whole self esteem relies on your output on social media? I don't know. I've never been big into social media, like to begin with. Like, I've I've always found it like a bit like silly, but I think dance is so transferable. Like that's like almost there's so much of it. Like TikTok dances are like such a big thing. You see everyone doing it in that, and I feel like a lot of people are investing way too much into it. <laughs> They're seeing it as um almost a a mirror of their self worth. 
they like counting that. Like, I think it's like silly in that that they just I don't know. Eh? They just like something about like not TikTok. I don't have a gripe with TikTok or anything. Don't don't see me. But it's just like almost an oversaturation of like these dances in that. It's just weird. Like I find, I feel like I can't watch dance on the screen. Like I can't watch like performances on the screen almost. Like I love live performance so much. And there's something about watching someone go through oh shucks. Someone go through something and like watching the sweat fall down and like watching it like fly out and then like some lights go crazy and like this music hit. Something about that that really draws me and I feel like you can't get that through your screen. Like as simple as that. Like something that draws me to live performance and I feel like I could never ever get trapped in that in that little box where I'm like, damn, my dance video didn't get this many views. I'm a shit dancer. Like <laughs> Bro, I just couldn't imagine like that being the thing that's gonna stop me from being successful. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna cry about like my dance thing not doing good. Like, oh well, I don't do good. Now I can learn from it and move on. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have a hard time pivoting like from these accidents. Eh? Like they're like, bro, I can't keep making mistakes and then they let the just like shout to them and like box them in almost. Yeah, that's that's very that's very good at what you're saying because you know, we, we get a lot of we get a lot of comments. I think a lot of people who's on social media put themselves out there, they get a lot of comments, a lot of trolls. And there may be a lot of positive things that come on and the comments are, oh, great, brilliant. Mm. And you just get that one, that one comment, that negative comment, and it kind of kills it for, for certain individuals. Do you, do you feel like in terms of our, our young men, and even, or just men in general, Andre, that you know, some men decide to put themselves out there or people put themselves out there and, and all it takes is just that one comment and you talk about isolation and people kind of trying to put out their best self or the best version of themselves on online. What do you think it's that? Do you think there's there's a lack of resilience that, that, that is missing, or is there something that's that uh, our young men or men in general are just kind of like? And I'll be quite kind of hear your perspective as as, mm. as, a, as a 22 year old. What's what? What do you think? Is what, what's the vibe? What's the energy out there? You feel like man, this is one of the reasons why a lot of them are like oh. Uh, depressed or anxious mm. I don't know maybe maybe they could be a bit more resilient but I think it changes case to case yeah. but like I don't know I feel like I feel like a lot of the young cats are just struggling to find like their place in the world eh? especially us poly boys like it's weird like l even living in New Zealand strange bro like everything everything happening right now is like yeah, it's just a whole lot of navigation on where we are in the world. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like because we're constantly looking for where we are, we don't know where up and down is. We have like this, we have like a real skewed sense of direction almost. And it's just driving a lot of like us young cats to, I don't know, act out in that. Like that's why I was acting out because I didn't have anything like keeping me stable and grounded. Like, I don't know, I had so much going on as a kid, so much weighing on my mind, and I was like, I don't know how to deal with this, so me and my boys would go start trouble, <laughs> and just get in trouble, and it was like the only thing we could do, or like thought of doing, and 
It would have been like so easy if they just chucked me in a dance class. Like, bro, if my mum or dad like chucked me in a dance class randomly, want an extracurricular Zumba class, who knows? Maybe I would have been here earlier. But I don't know. I guess it worked out like this for a reason, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's good one, man. Good. It's funny that, um, you know, that everything, that sort of mentality where like everything happens for a reason. I don't know if that's something that's like, Unique to Polynesians because of our like foundation with religion yeah. and faith in that, but it's typically a mentality that um, even to this day is something we still hold in terms of like you do your best at something and if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, mm. but something else will come around and there's something like, I don't know, I think just our life attitudes and outlooks can be different culture to culture. And you mentioned something about like the struggle for, especially like poly boys um, finding their place in the world. Um, and, and so I wanted to ask this, but I completely understand if you're like, nah, like, uh, like next was yeah. so all good if that's the case, but it's just coming to mind now. And obviously if you're prompted, I always believe that you should just say what's on your mind. Yo. Um, so when we talk about, you know, young people, um, there's a lot of like really scary statistics, mm. um, with our young people. And sometimes that comes from, you know, depression and life circumstances or not knowing who you are, all that sort of, there's lots of reasons. Um, and one of the unfortunate sort of results from all the confusion and being overwhelmed, like a lot of our young people um, turn to like suicide. Mm. And I know that's like a bit of a touchy subject. So I felt, Oh uh, yeah, I completely understand if you don't want to talk about it, but I was curious about your your perspective on that and if you're able to shed a little bit of light in terms of how you got that perspective. Nah, yo, I definitely think there's oh well, there's a giant problem with suicide and with just like kids in general not speaking up. Um but I didn't I don't know what it is, but yeah, there's just it's just crazy, yeah. Like the statistics I remember doing a performance where there was um there was like a suicide prevention like hip hop dance like performing art show that I used to um like jam perform at every year. It was called um Talk to Me, hashtag talk to me. It was run by Tekaha up in um Rewa. But they used to do this mean show and it was um it was actually where I met Houston, my ex girlfriend, and me and her dated for like about a year and then she took her life. And I don't know, I feel like like Nan passing, that was a big turning point, obviously, for me. It was first girl I loved. Yeah, it was just, it was just weird. It was weird. Um, I think I think people just need people there. Like you can't I know I know we were struggling like I know she was struggling with a lot of things in her life and I know she didn't feel supported and I know she felt isolated and alone like my mother did and I don't know I think that's why a lot of people could could just pay to you know just sit with their mum and listen to her off a little bit because don't know the don't know the impact you're gonna make eh? like, who knows all those times that we've chilled with mum could have been the time we saved her that runs through my mind a lot. I think about death a lot. Yo. Uh, hey. Yeah, thank you so. All good. Uh, um, no. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, I I know it's like a sensitive topic. And when I think back to the time that you went through that, like it's it's always been this weird like. I didn't know how to check that you're okay. And I, I, yeah. I, I can't remember much from that period of my life. And so I don't know whether I was a good older brother checking mm. in, but um, I know there was a period where I was like, I didn't even know how to ask, Yo. like, are you all good? Because I was scared that even just asking, are you okay, would trigger like, something. something. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I, I don't know, like, what are your thoughts in terms of, like, helping someone who's going through something that you mm. went through? Bro, I don't know. I think I was surrounded by, like, the best people. I had the best support system. I had these guys. I had, like, all my brothers, best with a big family, heaps of, like, friends. Like, I had, like, Brady Bunch, like, which was a dance crew from Southside that I was with at the time. And they were, like, hassling me every day. Like, I had friends that would, like, text me and just be like, gee, I'm coming over. Like, I was living with Brad, eh, Brad? And we had people just coming over into, like, the garage like my room because i was just like they just wanted to check up and make sure i was all good so i think i was i was blessed to have really good friends so i think that's just one of the mates bro just check up on your mates it doesn't take much like i'd rather be a shoulder to cry on like i'd rather sit inside a car with you for three hours all night while you cry and tell me everything than have to sit and watch you get lowered into the ground because bro not the one that bro. Straight up. It's rough, eh? I hate it. I've seen a few of my friends die and it's not a good feeling. Man, props props to you. Props to you, um, Andre. Because what is the d- dilemma? Because we, we're going down this path talking about suicide. What's what's the dilemma? Because, like, for example, Andre and, and Jay, you were saying, oh, well, I don't want to ask my brother. What was what was the dilemma for for? For for you, um, Jay, as to why you didn't want to ask, or and vice versa, if you go through some some of that, mm. as to why I need to ask for help. Yeah, I think it was just being fearful of like um, triggering bad memories or sadness, mm. and so I was just trying to like trying to be funny and like keep Yo. things positive and almost distract from from those things. I think knowing what I know now, I I kind of wish. Like now, I have an opinion on counselling because mm. I've gone through it. But back then, I had no idea. So, yeah. I know that there are services out there to help unpack those yeah. feelings, and perhaps family aren't the best place to unpack mm. those feelings. So, yeah, I, I think for me, there was just a bit of fear there, and especially when it's someone close to you that you care about. Um. Sometimes you do your best to try and save them from harm, even if it isn't the most healthy thing to do. Yo. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. I felt like, I felt all the consideration. Like I felt everyone like walking on eggshells around me. And I think I felt bad. I felt bad more than anything because I was like, bro, like this isn't, this shouldn't be weighing on anyone but me. I felt like I had to go through this because I felt like I was the one that killed her. I felt like I'd done that. So I think, I don't know. I think I was just, more than anything, I just felt bad I just didn't want to drag anyone down and make them feel as bad as me. Yeah. yeah. Especially not the people supporting me. Like I had my family fly in from Oz as soon as they heard 
flooded like my the house was flooded like as soon as the night came i was like covered by people like who loved me and i was just yeah grateful yeah it's cool but isn't it inter- interesting um brothers because you know you know sometimes we have our own dilemmas as to why we don't help people or ask for help or even um ask them hey how you doing mm. and a lot of it when you look at it is it is uh, it's kind of like a, a mirror reflection of hey I'm thinking, oh, rejection, I'm thinking rejection, I'm thinking fear. And a lot of it is around fear. And what tends to happen, which is quite sad, is that because we're both thinking the same thing, that's, I don't want to ask for help, I don't, I don't want to ask him, does he need help or her, if she needs help? It just ends up, what really happens is nothing happens, eh? Yeah. And so, which is sad, and I think I think a lot of us need to normalise it. And the narrative, like, we're saying, hey, we just need to check up on each other and just, um, and just even if it's, now, even though sometimes you might get an oh, F off or dissolve, yeah. hey, at least it's a reaction and you, you know that something's up. Uh, but I can guarantee that person's like, oh man, that person really genuinely cares. Like they're asking me, but mm. hey, I'm pissed off, but they're actually asking. I think that's something that, in terms of our, our culture as, as Kiwis or Pacifica or Māori, regardless, we just need to check up on each other. And um, But props to you also. Probably for sharing and probably for the que- asking the question, man. There's some, there's some, <laughs> hey. there's some, there's some heavy stuff, man. Came out of nowhere with yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some heavy stuff, man. man. There's ever gonna be a time to ask. Like, I'm like, this is the best place to <laughs> no, do this. Just cool. like, and it's crazy how, like, this happened a while ago, but I've never really broached the subject with you mm. too many times. Like, I count them on one hand, um, and so. It's just crazy that this lingered has lingered in the background, and we've never spoken about it, um, despite how close we are and and being family. Um, and it sort of made me think about how, like, you know, we grew up in this household where mm. everyone lived together, it was yeah. like a real community vibe. And then when our half of our family moved over to Oz, my parents and the younger kids moved over to Oz, like we were now all of a sudden in this weird place where like our family was split and. As great it is, as it is that, like, when something tragic happens, like there's a death, everyone comes in from mm. everywhere. It's not quite the same as having them, like, Yo, right, right there. there. Yeah? Yo, definitely. Like, I feel like, yeah, with Nan, like, with Nana passing, everyone was there. Like, we were all there. It happened when we were all still living together. So I felt definitely way more supported there than when I went through um, Houston passing. Because, yeah, that was crazy. I was just living with Brad, and I felt bad for him because he came back from work, with, and he was, like, crying, like, bro, are you all good? Like, I didn't want to put that on him, Solly, their kids, like, their family. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, yeah, it's it's real trippy because the support's so much different having them just there and then having them, like, I remember the phone call, like, calling my mum and just being, like, mum, like, just crying on the phone to her and that. And I think, yeah, it would have been so much different if she was right there. Like, I felt like every time a new sibling or, like, someone from our family came up, I had to go through it again almost because oh. it was just, like, rehashing, like, bro, this happened. And I had to tell them that, like, bro, Houston's not with us. Like, So, yeah, I think that happened a few times as well. I remember, like, every time someone came, I'd like, someone different would come out and be like, bro, crying heaps. Like when Richie came, I think Richie came the day of the funeral and he was like, he pulled up like across the road from the house wheels before the casket got moved. And I remember like running across the road 
bro, hugging him, crying. Bro, I haven't yeah. cried to this guy since I was like little as. And I was like, bro, just can't. I need like my family here. So, yeah. No, I think it's yeah, way different just having them there. Yeah. But how you know, um, because yeah, obviously we just kind of open it up, but it'd be nice to kind of kind of gauge it like how mm. you know in terms of in terms of the corridor in terms of what's happened and the, and the incident but how, how are you dealing with all or is this just kind of you just moving on with life and just yeah nah the pain's always there like yeah. I don't think you'll ever yeah. I don't think I'll ever heal from something as big as that at least I feel like yeah. part of me kind of left with her but I don't know I think I'm good now yeah just trucking along eh? best I can do just trying my best bro it's good, man. It's good news. Man, that helps um, just sort of set some context in terms of like, you know, the discussion earlier about death and legacy. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things in our upbringing that we assume is normal. Um, I might have touched on this. Too much, past, bro. Like, Too much. Yeah, there's so many things we assume is normal that like, it's not so It's just like, like, bro, that's messed up. I just, yeah. <laughs> like, bro, this is actually like illegal in places. <laughs> Well, give us some examples, Jay. Give us some oh, examples. No, no, no. We'll keep the legal stuff <laughs> under the table. Tell us, tell us. We'll keep 50% of it on the rap spoon. Um, I think one of them for me, and it was funny, it was a university assignment that like helped me really look into our family. But I didn't realise that like before I finished high school, we had moved 11 different times. Yo. And so I just assumed everyone moved regularly. But this meant, not all the time, but there were times like crucial moments. All my friends I had grown up with at Kingsford, mm. then went to Kedge, and then like my parents pulled us out, and then I Linfield. was at and then I went to Linfield, <laughs> random school, um, and I lost all my friends. And it was at a time when I was most vulnerable in my teenage years, and starting from scratch in a school that is mostly Pakia, as this brown guy from Southside, man, it killed me. I had no confidence in mm. high school. And as a result, I made stupid, stupid choices in high school that I can tie back to this idea that I just thought, you know, <laughs> that we moved around yeah. a lot and I just thought it was normal. But that's a small example of something I've unpacked in counselling and with my wife and I've been like, yeah, okay, that's that's not normal. But we're here, we'll, we'll run with it and we'll just see what we can pull as lessons and as a positive from those experiences. Damn, your counsellor helped you with that. Bro, I need that counsellor. He's got the cheat codes. <laughs> <laughs> I got the same problems as this guy. <laughs> Bro. But it just gets to show, um, brothers, because you guys are quite resilient. And uh, they, even having the courage to come um, and just, uh, yeah, Andre and just and sharing because, you know, you're putting yourself out there in jail. And I think you've done it several times on, on, on the podcast. You know, to put yourself out there and, and you know, some of the, some of the stuff we kind of share or it may be quite quite traumatic. Oh man, it's quite traumatic, that's quite hard. But you put yourself out there and man, that's very courageous and very vulnerable. So props to you, Busby Brothers, man. So man. barriers. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty barriers much. that we had in our family <laughs> prior to this conversation. <laughs> the barrier that I um tripped into. <laughs> 50 other times bro, but, nah. but, but how do you get like, In terms of your relationships Because obviously the, the, You got the oldest brother here In the middle And then you can like Do, do you guys kind of re- Regular checkups now and then Or just kind of How do you uh, What's the regular kind of Get together as, as brothers Or as family Yeah I see I see I think I see you like every week 
Oh, yeah, like cool, about like cool, once a week. Cool. Not that guy. <laughs> hey, bro, <laughs> bro, how much do I see you, bro? Yeah, he's, he's a busy man. He's nah, a busy, busy. Yeah, no, I'd say. It's funny, my sister recently moved over from, she was living with yeah. the Oz group. She's mm. staying with us now. And she was really surprised at how little we see each other. Like I see Andre the most, but I don't see Brad too often. Our, our other brother's in Wellington, so we don't see him too often. And she was like, man, when everyone was here, mum and dad always made us see each other. Once a week, we'd get together. Bro, like every week, yeah. Every Wednesday dinner or, or movie something. night on Saturday. Um, and she was just surprised that like we didn't do it here. And the only way I could explain it was that everyone here is like hustling and grinding because we don't have the family support. We can't fall back to our parents. We can't so just, yeah. We have to work hard and try and create something for ourselves. Yo. But it means that when we do catch up, and the catch ups are amazing. Yo. It's chaos, always but it's our own unique brand of chaos. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I love it. It's, it seems like it's more quality than quantity. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I can imagine you guys get together, man. Must be crack up. Because how about for yourself, also, in terms of catching up oh, with your siblings, mate, family, just, and all that? Bro, I've kind of seen them. I saw them even yesterday. Most of, or some of them yesterday, last night. Uh, my daughter's prize giving, and so, and it's, I try to keep it re- regular. But also at the same time, I think it's quite important to kind of spend time with your your own family, you know, mm. your, your immediate family. Um, and so it's cool. I think so, same thing. We kind of catch up and we have a good time. Uh, but I think the importance of uh, of your immediate family and your kids growing up, I think it's cool. I think you're kind of creating your own space, creating your own mm. traditions or ideals with your own kids and your and your own wife, and which is cool. And you get together, and then we can kind of celebrate and yeah, have a bit of a uh, bit of uh, fun time. But also, I think, uh, like you're saying, MJ, I think everyone kind of grows to a certain extent, and people have different. Um, Opinions of on, on certain things and also have different dreams and different goals, and which is cool. I, I respect it, but as family, we get together. That's cool. Um, but yeah, kind of very similar, very similar to, to you guys. Um, but man, and that's, that's an interesting conversation because uh, Andre, how do you feel? Because you must be very proud of of your older brother or brothers. Well, because you have a big one, younger, nah, one yeah. younger brothers. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, was it? Was it? No, yeah, we have a ranking, <laughs> ranking of all the brothers, and I'm trying to beat Jay. No? <laughs> but yeah, but how was it? Like, in terms of your your older, your older brother, like, okay, so what's was the, the relationship around you guys, and even with Brad? Bro, it's crack up because I think like one of my most vivid memories of like Jay growing up was like just getting slapped around the head like out of your room like just because i'm like i'm like going in like grabbing his cds like yo chingy cd and then he's like Jay, what are you doing like grab me by the head and like slap me that was kaz kaz just didn't like having my brothers in our in our room now nah. <laughs> <laughs> what a blame it on the wife eh? nah. are you talking about our room in the garage <laughs> Yeah, your concrete floor room. No, oh, no, no. Man. Nah, yeah. bro. I, I just, I, I feel for Kaz in that regard because after we got married, she moved in with my family. Because I was close to my family, I was like, who wouldn't want to be with my family, man? We're the best. We're cool as. Um, and it's not till years later, I'm like, I would never ever put her through something like that again. I think it's so hard to live with your in laws in some way, mm. at least initially, because you're kind of like walking 
Honestly, 100%, 100%. Don't want to step on toes. <laughs> Me and Eva's family. I was going to ask what that's been like for you because um, obviously, like all of us, like Brad's got kids, I've got kids and wife, um, but Andre doesn't have kids and he's living with yeah. his current oh, girlfriend oh, with Eva. Yeah. So I was curious about how that's, that's been in terms of when you moved in, settling in, yeah. and then having them as essentially your family because they're there for you like 24-7. Yo, it's buzzy. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like... I've got like a second family. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've had heaps of like mother figures in there, but I feel like these guys like it's like kind of weird having like a second family, living with them, walking around on eggshells, kind of just like oh yeah, hey hey, <laughs> making breakfast like quick as they <laughs> <laughs> cook my eggs fast as they run out of the kitchen, like try not make a mess. But nah, it's been good. Like they've been supportive as and. I think it's funny just like living with animals. Like some of the yeah, stuff you yeah. get up to, it's just like, bro, I could never. I'm living my teenage dream. Like, <laughs> mom never let me stay up all night. I'm getting, I'm playing video games like at <laughs> two in the morning, eating like chips, jelly. <laughs> so I don't know. I think yeah, it's it's fun, but <laughs> gotta grow up soon, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, that's, you're that's the scariest thing, eh? Like, bro, I, I know, I'm doing taxes soon. <laughs> Damn. That's nah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be doing your own taxes and, and stuff voices like that. and that, like oh. Soul Trader, like cool, man. Nah, that's cool. And I, I was curious because I don't know Ava's family, mm. but I know that they're a lot different from our own family. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe there's similarities, but I always, I've always been grateful to their family because I know they can provide in mm. ways, and like in some ways, whether it's knowledge or Yo. like physically. There's just ways that they can provide for you that our family can't. Nah, definitely, yeah. Like, um, they provided a place for me to stay. So I was sleeping in the park. Yeah, I slept at Messy Park for a few days. <laughs> for real? <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, um, nah, their family's cool as. I think, yeah, it's different because they've got heaps of, like, knowledge that we didn't get growing up. They had like such a different lifestyle and way of living and we had like oh bro, I feel bad. But like <laughs> Ava's family, forgive me. But um very like sometimes the house will be messy and they can they can just leave it. Like but growing up very like the house was messy, it was like mum was on her ass, like bro, clean up the like living room, like hurry up. Get like a broom thrown at me, like sweep the floor. <laughs> bro, if I answer back like break the broom on me. <laughs> But Actually. it was just like, nah, yeah, it's just, it's like different as, um, just seeing the, f like the differences in the families and the, and the dynamic is real different as well. And I don't know, I think I'm not as comfortable with it as obviously as with my own family, but it is interesting just to get that different perspective and learn things that didn't have access mm -hmm. to like. Brad, like, Ava's dad knows, keeps, like, anything, knows how to fix anything. Like, guy is a builder, electrician, owns 13 houses, like, he's, like, the man. And he's, like, told me heaps of stuff that we just didn't get growing up because, like, mum and dad were always too busy or they always had other stuff to do and that. So I think, like, just, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's real interesting, eh? Learning and living with people. Yeah. Oh, Observing them feel like a robot, <laughs> taking notes and <laughs> Oh, but good on you. I think the the key word you just said is learning. I think we we learn uh, from different people. People have different families, have different values, and I think it's cool that you you want to learn from different um, people in different aspects. I mean, that's the, that's the coolest thing, um, Andre. 
And so you talk about um, the, um, Ava's dad and, and all does all does these amazing things, which is cool. Build a electrician and all that kind of stuff. But how was you, were your dad? Because I know you mentioned your dad a, a few times. What was dad like for, for you and for, for both of you? What was dad in terms of the, the father figure that you you kind of grew up with? I don't know, eh? I feel like he's watching me right now. Like, that's how, yeah, there that's is how scary this man was. I had the signal and like literally as you're asking, I was like, oh, you I'll play it by your vibe. And then nah, I don't know, eh? I feel like growing up, you're always scared of mummy. And dad was like above mum. So dad was like scary as. Um, yeah, even now I'm still like, like, scared almost of dad like bro i hope this guy like thinks i'm doing good like i hope he's all good like not angry at me about anything or something but it's just i don't know i think it was just i really wanted him to just be proud obviously i feel like a lot of the boys just want that but dad was funny he had a weird way of like showing any emotion <laughs> i don't know he was real like quiet reserved um, he was in the army, real strict, like disciplined. Like, I only remember like this guy woke up at four, like every morning. Still does, I think. Yeah, doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like runs like crazy, works out. He was real like stringent with yeah. his routine and like almost like he was like still he was in the still army. in the army. Like wow. it was yeah, home was like yeah. This guy had his routine. Everything was by the book. I doubt any wrinkles. Like this man was like super like perfectionist. Jeez. About his day. And it made it tricky to like have conversations, like heartfelt conversations yeah. with that. Because I can't think of a time when we ever had a heart to heart, like where he was vulnerable and mm. he offloaded anything. Like he just kept it to himself. I think the most vulnerable would be like arguments or something. But that's just like, you know, like pure emotion and anger. Mm. But I think that was like a lot of what we got from dad emotionally was like, yeah, it's like stuff like that. Did dad ever give you the talk about like, you know, the puberty talk or the birds and the bees, whatever you want to call it? I don't think so. Bro, I didn't even, I didn't even think mum gave me, I think mum walked up to me like, this was her visit like two years ago and she was like, are you and Ava like having safe sex? <laughs> I was like, bro, I haven't had any talk like that. No birds, no bees straight. Like, have you, are you guys like practicing yes. safe sex? <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> or did you wear that? Like, hmm. <laughs> okay, eight kids. No, no, no. no. Brad, stop laughing. Oh, hey, Brad. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Brad's fighting. Don't grab a mic, Brad. <laughs> he's he's going to battle mum. Yeah. Yo. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy because... Dad was just, he's such a unique character, yeah. yeah? Like, I know I had a lot of issues with him growing up. That, like, yeah, you had. We've just agreed <laughs> to disagree and, like, not talk about it. But, yeah, that was some rough times with Dad. He had an interesting discipline style, like. Yo, yo. I just strange. think of the. You know, family council. Oh, I done it. Family <laughs> council. Yo, yo. <laughs> but like, oh, like let's. You know, the first week of every month on a Monday is like everyone come talk about oh, your issues. Oh, little intervention. <laughs> oh. But no matter what we brought up, it was Dad's way. Like Dad would win anyway. Like yeah, whatever yeah, like, we, our arguments were. 
our like points were just won. like mute. <laughs> and if like he couldn't trust us with, um, or if he couldn't trust some of our brothers that are not here, like with Wi Fi or like, yeah, he'll like take the modem with him to work or take the, hide like, the Wi Fi, like the, <laughs> all the cables, like in different places, like crazy places as well. Like you had to like dig for stuff. <laughs> Bro, man was still in the military. <laughs> Actual. So he is a real character. Like this, we have so many funny stories about dad. That I, yeah, yeah. Always have stories about dad, but really good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> the best intentions is. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see him grow older and see the changes mm. because before he was quite like you know my way or the highway. Whereas now he's like mellowed out. out he's more, mellowed yeah. out heaps, and he always seems to be on the fringe, like just watching, watching almost, and yeah. observing. Like and I can't quite figure him out as he is mm. now, but he, yeah, me he, neither. Because hmm. last time he came, he seemed I don't know if he was yeah he looked unwell. Mm. And I tried to like pull him aside and like, oh, dad, I need help with the lemons. Can you help me? Yeah. But then every time I tried to like angle, avoid yeah, he just yeah. avoid. And, then, and sometimes, yeah, yeah. And no, I feel like, yeah, I get some of that from him as well. Mm. <laughs> They're avoiding like, and Ava like always like tries to follow me up or like stuff that like, are you all good in there? Like stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. Like, should we go get a feed? <laughs> yeah, what, do you feel like butter chicken? <laughs> just right, distract Yeah, just like, oh, should we watch a show? Like, anything to get, yeah, away from thinking about anything too much, yeah, I think was something that dad was hard out into, just avoiding it. Do you guys kind of like, like you said, there's no like raw emotion or dad was kind of like, okay, raw reserve. Was it like, what about like hugs here, there, high fives or just... Didn't you talk about hugs? Yeah, when I think she we, like, talk, we caught up recently like, and I was like, I don't think I've ever really been hugged by dad. Except for like the, okay, bye. Like we're saying bye if I'm like, they're going overseas. Like, or, yeah, like they're visited from Australia. Like yeah. we haven't seen them in ages. But I don't ever recall growing up being hugged mm. by dad. Or like maybe a handful of times after I yeah. left home when he said, I love you. But yeah. I don't ever remember anything like that growing up. I think... Yeah, I struggled to remember stuff like that as well. Mm. I feel like, I mean, it's always a struggle to remember like the mean, like, oh yeah, my mum hugs me all the time and says she loves me. That like, I remember my mum breaking a broom on me more than that. Like, <laughs> but like, like I, I don't know. With dad, it's still hard to think about. Yeah, times where it was just like, yeah, I love you. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's you know sometimes we kind of look at our parents like, man, why did dad do that? Or why did mom do that? And then we. Yeah, I think later on throughout the years, you kind of realize some of the stories behind the behind as to why mum and dad were this certain way. Mm. Like some some of the traumas, I don't know. I'm just bringing it out there. Like, I don't know what what may have happened, and as to why our parents act the way they they do. So, and sounds like a real militant man, real real um, strong, but also quite uh, reserved. But I don't know, has there been any traits like you think about traits? Has there been any traits that you feel like, oh man, I think I got this from dad? Even, I'm never gonna do this to my kids. And you're like, oh my gosh, Bro. I'm just like dad now. And we kind of we tend to say that, like, oh, I'm never gonna do that. I'm never gonna raise up my kids. And he, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly the same thing that mom and dad do. Brad, you got any? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I can, yeah, I can think of one. What about you? 
I think I can think of a few, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like even small things like just geeking out over like cookies and cream ice cream. Like <laughs> geeking out. Classic like buzzing, story. yeah. Like just buzzing out over like the smallest things. Like sometimes like I'll see ice cream at an event and I'll be like calling Ava like, Aves, they got like this ice cream flavor. And she's like, bro, shut up. Like, just watch the wedding. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm in the back like, babe, they got like lasagna and like tiramisu. <laughs> but yo, I think like stuff like that from dad, but even like the avoidance issues, like I hate talking about like how I'm doing them, like anything like that. And I try mm -hmm. to avoid any emotional talks with anyone. So I feel like I kind of got that from him as well. Wow. Yeah, I think I used to be the same way, like avoidance. Yo. Like Kaz has just been persistent, man, and she's helped me overcome that, which That's I'm good. grateful for. <laughs> but I think the food thing as well, obviously still a struggle now, yeah. but growing up, because we were so poor, like food was scarce and it was always a race to eat. It was like, if you're Yo. slow, you're going to be hungry. So it was, we never had leftovers. And if there was like, everyone was full, dad always encouraged like, <laughs> Go, like, push past, like, the paint, like, finish the food. If you're the man. If, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just remember there were times it was, like, you're just eating beyond enjoyment. Like, gonna throw up and, like... You don't want to waste food. So, wasting food was, like, absolute, like, the worst, like, cardinal sin. Um, and so, growing up, my attitude with food was always, like, I had to finish. And that whole, like, I don't know when I'm going to have this again. Yeah, like... Because we never got the fast last food time anything, I so. ever have McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, my third time having McDonald's that night, <laughs> eating other people's leftovers because you're like, oh, they're not. Are you gonna finish, finish that? Yeah, <laughs> and so just having that kind of mentality to food became like ingrained over time to the point now we're like it's still a struggle to this day. We're like, man, I'm still. Kaz is still like, when we're out, she's like telling me to stop looking at the leftover food on another table because she's like, no, don't. Like we've got enough, but I find myself Damn, drifting bro. where like I'm still having thoughts like their food like just take it it's all good so it's still I, yeah it's probably still it's way worse I think I've taken that way worse um, and obviously I don't have an outlet like a physical yeah. outlet to balance it so struggles really. <laughs> as you can tell I do <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. oh man Wait, Brad were you Brad no, bro, I'm out of this coverage. <laughs> nah, I think we need <laughs> Bro, we need you cover, man. Come on. Actually, you know, there is one from Brad. Nah, <laughs> nah but it wasn't from mum. I, oh, I mean, more it wasn't from dad. I feel like um, Brad and rom-coms, like there's this thing in our family where like Brad was like the dude that watched rom-coms every Friday when we were all gaming. He'll be watching it with mum. Romantic and comedies. Hard up. And yeah. I always felt like Brad had this weird idea of like what love was. And so he had some pretty, pretty funny relationships, funny relationship stories because of this distorted view of what love was. It kind of set him up for some epic, epic times, but he was able to bounce back yeah. and look at him now. Look at him, Romeo. Aiming for eight kids. That's um, got that from dad, eight kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, challenger. Any, any comments, Brad? No comments. <laughs> Brad agrees. <laughs> oh, oh but, 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 but how about mom? Like, we're talking about that, but in terms of traits from mom, is there any traits in terms of, like, oh, I got this, definitely got this from my mom? Ooh. 
Now I definitely think all of my kindness comes from that lady. <laughs> I definitely think, yeah. I, um, bro, mum's just crazy. Either. She's like, I remember like so many times if we were going out to eat and she saw like going out to limbs. Bro, there's like always people outside limbs. And she's like, yeah, come inside with us. We'll go buy food. And we'll just buy food and eat with them. Like, And it was just like stuff like that. Like, bro. My mom's a man. I will never stop. Like, I will always be like, yo, my mom's a man. Because she told me how to do stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, she's got a heart, like, the giving. I yeah. don't know how she did it. Like, times where, like, I'll be working graveyards, she'll drop me off. But on the way, <coughs> someone's outside. Yeah. Oh, you need a blanket? Or, like, oh, we'll go up the road, get yo. some food and supplies, and then come back and drop it off. And I don't know why it came so natural to her. Because mm. now I'm like, there was a point where I started to take that on. Yeah. But now that I've lived on my own, like life is hard. Bro, it's, it's I'm made like, me like selfish almost. I need I this. Bad. Yeah, like <laughs> I need this as well. But she was, it's crazy because she was like, she needed stuff as well. She had eight kids. She, she was, we were all living in a house with like our uncles, our grandparents. And she was out here buying food for strangers that were just sitting there asking for it. So I think, I don't know. Being able to give when you have bro, like nothing to give. She's buying these guys like better feeds than we got. <laughs> we were eating fish rice and these guys were getting takeout, yeah. Wow. But I don't know, I think I think that's crazy. I couldn't imagine I like I never saw anyone else do stuff like that. Wow. You you guys think it was kind of kind of a lesson that mom was kind of teaching you guys? Like I don't know, it was just it was just, just mom was just this mom just had a massive heart, big heart. Bro, I thought that a few times. It was like, there's actually been times where I've been like, bro, I'm sure like my mum like, doesn't like, actually do this, but it's just, she does it so much, I just stopped. I was like, wow. this lady's just like this. <laughs> she's just the nicest person. Mm. And she's so loved by like everyone. Like, I don't know many people that dislike mum because she just gives so freely and wholeheartedly. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know how she maintained it with that many kids reliant on Doing her. Doing everything, like, yeah. yeah. Bro, I'm struggling and I'm living with my partner's family. Like, like I'm doing like, I, I got it easier than like 90% of the people in New Zealand right now. And I'm still like, bro, I need stuff. Like, how selfish am I? Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious now. I'm like, is it a generational thing? Like, obviously her and dad are different because they have different Yo. upbringings. Um, man, which reminds me. Yeah, because... Um, I kind of understood now why dad was the way he was about the food. And apologies in advance, dad, but it is what it is. Um, so dad was adopted to our grandparents up north. And when they had found him and his brother, like they were starving. They hadn't eaten for ages. They Were were they on like a boat or something? I don't know, but they were in a really bad condition. Mm. Like to the point where like they didn't know that you had to boil an egg. Like they were eating the eggs mm. with a shell on because they had no idea. Like they'd never been exposed to it, but they were just real rough, mm. like almost abandoned as children. Um, and they were adopted and they've come a long way. But I think there's a lot of scars there that that dad's sort of taken on. And I don't think he's really unpacked because counselling doesn't seem like a dad yeah. thing. And I know mum's tried to get him in counselling. I don't know how successful that's been, but... Yeah, mm. I don't think dad would talk about it. I actually heard that from mum. She had heard it from another family member. But yeah, uh, it kind of helped make sense of why dad was the way he was and just how that's been passed down to us and the impact that it has on mm. our lives now. 
so yeah just it was just interesting to try and go back as far as you can because i do think that everything about what we do is tied to something that's happened in the past Yo. like if we don't understand it, it's just we don't know it we haven't gone back far enough or we haven't unpacked enough Yo. Oh, that's, 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 interesting. that's interesting that's really interesting so you went to wellington um was it last week um andre oh uh, yeah, so, yeah yeah tell us because uh, you know we just go back to your um your your dancing um career so, so, yeah, so what was tell us what was happening over there what's the oh uh, yo i just went down for like a little dance audition thing for like a company but it was cool yeah it was like my first audition i've ever done for i think something like that at least anything i auditioned for before was to get into school so doing this was like pretty big like step up eh? but it was fun as like i had heaps of fun i was just trying to relax the whole time just trying to like feel calm in an environment that's super foreign eh? like don't know anything about this place never been here before but i'm still gonna just try my best and just dance do what i love yeah i don't know i feel like if you have a reason to do what you do then you could never be unhappy eh? Yeah. I got I got a lot of cool whys. I got a lot of cool reasons to work for what um, I do. And I enjoy it because of that. Like, I enjoy being able to dance and see my family or see, like, my partner and my mates, like, in the crowd, like, yo, like, buzzing out. Like, that's what fulfills me. It's yeah. cool, man. What well, does Scruff for us? How does it feel when you're, when you're dancing out there and you just kind of feel... <laughs> It'd be kind of, yeah, kind of cool to kind of gauge what you have, what's going through your mind or through your body when you're like, oh, I am curious about that too. It's funny. From the yeah. last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Those kind of like, like super like, whoa, he's a dancer, but like he's an artist. Nah, I don't know. I feel like I fall into like a trance almost. Like I feel like when I'm dancing, I feel like I don't even have to think. Like I feel like I can touch it. Oh, I. I can like tap into this, I don't know, this state where I'm like fully relaxed almost and I'm just watching myself. feels like I'm watching myself move. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's crazy. I'll, I won't remember anything as well after I get out of it. Like I can do a whole performance and be like, bro, don't even remember doing it. But I've had like eight weeks to work on this piece and like it's been drilled into my body and my mind those whole eight weeks from like what my rehearsal hours at the moment are what seven to eight at night seven in the morning to eight at night so doing that for eight weeks like yeah like drills into your head and then i don't know it feels almost like finding the spiritual in a in the physical like pushing yourself to a state of exhaustion where like everyone's on that same everyone's on that same wavelength and you can feel the energy of everyone else around like exhausted but it feels like I don't know something freeing, oh. <laughs> something yeah. Feels real liberating to do. Feel like I'm finally able to take all of this this tangible mess that I've accumulated, grown, and just put it on stage for people to look at. Oh. It's, it's kind of like you're describing it out of out of body experience. Kind of like you're saying, you said, you know, I can't remember it, but I can see myself. But yeah, yeah, almost like I just had a big night or something. Like it feels like that. Like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Has it, you you talked about? <clears throat> excuse me. Like how prior to study, you know, hip hop dance was like the thing, and typically, like for a lot of our polys, like yeah. 
dance, when you talk dance, they're thinking hip hop dance because mm. that's the most popular form. What's it been like, like studying and then being exposed to like other forms of dance and like picking up lessons from that? Bro, it's buzzy. Like going into Unitech, um, I had only ever done hip hop. So like three years ago, I was only a hip hop dancer. I hadn't done anything else. And I auditioned for Unitech for the sole like purpose of not doing hip hop. I just wanted to try something else and I knew they didn't have hip hop in their curriculum. So I was like, yo, safe, go learn like ballet. Like, like that's going to be easier. Go learn ballet contemporary, like try broaden my horizons as much as I can. And I don't know. I feel like um, it's, it's hard to imagine myself doing hip hop again. Like it feels, I don't know. I feel like I found my thing almost was something that I really do enjoy is something that I feel like is more me than hip hop was. I felt like with hip hop, I can't go and tell my story as much. Sure. I can show you like glimpses of it. Like, like in a crump set where I'm, I'm angry and I'm like throwing swings in that. I can show you like some pain that I have, but I can't show you all of it. Like I can in the contemporary piece where I can take my time. I can do a 30 minute, an hour long show of like, just small stuff that like from our like our family like I can have like our, my favorite ice cream I can have my dad's radio playing on in the morning I can have my mum's music her feeds I can lay them out on the table that can be the dance that feels like more of me than doing a few arm swings doing a few duggies a little jerk I feel like that's yeah definitely more me than that wow. Would you, would you do, would you, would it be more um, individual or more of a kind of, how do you see yourself in the future, like more individual, or more kind of a, a troop or kind of a, a team or collaboration? I, I don't know, yeah, I feel like the people around me are really good. I feel like the people I'm surrounded by um, are really cool people. The Southsiders Collective, um, headed by Money and Jazz. Money, who's like a younger brother of a family friend. They used to like sleep at our house as kids, like, and me and him like grew up together in high school and then started dancing. And like, he's been a big part of my growth, like not only in dance, but as a person, like he's almost been like another brother. And him and the Southsiders Collective, like that group of people just being able to create platforms for other Southside artists is something that I think is really important, something I'm real passionate about. We have a lot of voices that I think don't get heard a lot, that don't get the time of day, any exposure really. Um, and it's like a shame because there's some crazy stories, some rich storytelling, like heaps of people don't probably like guarantee a lot of your followers will not know me. And who knows what they might learn like after this episode. Like, Maybe nothing, but <laughs> nah, hey, that is, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Whoa, waste my hour. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no way, man. Uh, no, it's funny. I think you kind of answered it already, but I, I was curious about like the South Siders Collective and like creating platforms for South Auckland mm. and like young people. And I, I was curious about like what are the voices of our young people saying? What are they trying to say that like they haven't been heard about or heard of? Like. What are the voices saying? I don't know. I think the times are a lot different now. I feel like 
yeah you've heard a lot of the same um stories the same anecdotes or like similar stories in that from south but i feel like the amount of talent is just like too crazy to look past like these guys have like such a rich story that like yeah you might have heard it before but there's like so much like history and context to everything that's in it and when you actually like dig deep into those details like it brings out heaps like heaps of trauma like i had um a film a film project this year that i had to do for school and it was about homelessness and it was because like like i mentioned before how i slept at a park for like a few days and it was because i was just like i couldn't tell anyone that i didn't have a place to stay and i felt like yeah i felt like i couldn't talk to anyone so i just like crashed at a place and then my partner found me and was like bro what are you doing like <laughs> come live in my house and i was like oh you're good but um it was about homelessness the film project and from that i put in like heaps of different aspects from my childhood and i found like i unpacked like heaps of stuff that i found was like weighing me down or like that was taking up heaps of my mental real estate which was crazy because i only wanted to talk about this one topic i only wanted to talk about homelessness and i ended up talking about migration um navigation poverty in general like there was a lot of yeah stuff that i was really trying to talk to that i didn't realize i was initially um sitting out on so i think it's cool just seeing the process like i went in with intentions talking about homelessness and it came out with all these other topics that i found were actually really speaking to me and speaking to the work that i was doing so yeah i think yeah it's buzzy i feel like contemporary has allows a lot of space like the dance that i'm doing the dance i'm studying right now allows for a lot of space and um a lot of room for your own own experience to go into i don't know yeah it's cool and that's interesting because like contemporary dance is something that like common eyes can't really make sense of it all the time yeah. so it's kind of cool to hear you talk a little bit about the storytelling aspect and um i suppose it's it can be a bit of a journey like sometimes not knowing how it's going to end as part of the journey mm, like in yeah, terms of definitely. you're discovering as you go in some regard is that would that be accurate yeah yeah i feel like yeah you conduct like these experiments and tasks with um with movement when you're studying so we'll write down tasks where um for instance i'll have to keep like i have tongues on the bottom of my feet and i'm like trying to taste the floor that'll be a task that i have to do and i have to work on that while i'm moving and dancing and what movement comes from that task like is the movement that I'll, I'll choose to like choreograph and work with so i think like just being able to play around with stuff like that like you can do it in hip-hop with hip-hop dance moves and that but being able to do it in a setting where i don't i don't need to make a, a like a, i don't need to fit an aesthetic almost with contemporary i can just be me i can just do what i think looks cool i'll be like yo look at this wave that i do through my body and then i'll go out and do like this little robot thing and like people will be like whoa that looks cool and like you done a robot thing in a wave but to me it's like a story about how i felt like the tin man and the wizard of oz or something like <laughs> i have my own storyline going up here that no one else knows about and um i think that's way more attractive to me than doing like some hip-hop dancing nearly <laughs> so i think yeah it's hard because you can't pick out like you can't be like oh yeah that's that's this kind of dancing like 
yeah, you can, but at the same time, everyone dances their own way in that. So, I don't know. I, f- I feel like people just need to be more open with stuff. And that's cool. It seems like being yourself in this in dance, or being yourself, being able to be yourself, um, is kind of what endears dance to you. So, like, how important is it? Do you think for other men to like find an avenue where they can be themselves? I think it's super important. Eh? I mean, I feel like that's a lot of the reason why people are get like heaps of the men are getting depressed out there and dealing with all these like mental problems and that is because they're doing they're slaving away at jobs they hate for people they hate and nothing's like in the end you're not feeding yourself at all like yeah you're getting money and you're providing but are you feeding your like your soul <laughs> i know that sounds cheesy as i love laugh love and all that stuff but like <laughs> bro you need to like take care of yourself hey eh? look after yourself bro. can't be slaving away for people that don't care about you in the end of the day like like i met you at nike and like that's something i'm grateful for like i'm so grateful i have a job at nike and that but they're like one of the biggest brands ever at the end of the day at the end of the day they couldn't care less about what i dream to do and what i want to do and it's just like taking that but then knowing that on the flip side i can connect with people like you and that's led to this like who knows all the other blessings that i could get if i just stuck with things yeah because how how important is that like in terms of like you said stick with things how important is is it to kind of push those boundaries and to kind of go through those rough times especially for for a lot of our men i'm a brown boy doing ballet class full of white people it's pretty fun trying to push these boundaries yeah (laughs) it's cool it's cool i like it it's a struggle g i'm i'm sweating out there but yeah i'm gonna go get sweaty i'm gonna try my best day nah it's fun i think I think you got to push boundaries a bit, you know, test your limits, see how far you can go. Because in the end, you don't know how far you could go if you don't, didn't make it this far to get this far. I'm trying to like go the full way. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Like in terms of like you pushing the boundaries, have they, obviously there's, there's going to be other guys who in Pacific or Islander or Maori, mm. who are some of the, the role models that you can like, man, these, these are the guys or that, or these are the people that can like kind of really inspire me or aspire me to to do these things. Yo, there's a few. There's yeah, heaps of role models. Um, like you have like some prolific like island island dancers in that. You have uh, like people that have been on the show like Heads and Alistair in that. You have like done heaps to serve like the hip hop community and stuff. Um, you have Lee or uh, Lori Itapu. Yeah, yeah. He's like done heaps for like Otara and that, and he's killing that out like, and he's done. I think he's in Germany now. Yeah, the Europe, yeah. Yeah, but he's like done crazy things overseas, and like no one here like knows apart from like people who are in like the contemporary dancing. Like heaps of polys would just walk past him, and like yeah. they wouldn't know the the magnitude of like of stuff that these guys have done. Like they've done some crazy stuff, like. They've got a massive awards overseas. Like I think um, Limi as well. Oh. He's like a, another Samoan um, choreographer, and he's really big overseas, but he's not as well received here. Wow! And it's just crazy. It's it's funny because I don't know. It's I've always thought that was interesting. Like even back in the day, Nijin Mystic were real famous in Japan, but 
they weren't famous anywhere else and like apart from like New Zealand like just yeah it's crazy stuff like that happens maybe it's tall poppy syndrome I'm not sure but I was gonna ask your thoughts on yeah. why don't people know about all these hidden gems in our community that are like doing stuff mm. on a world stage and yet we don't know we could walk past them and never know yeah, I think at least for me like contemporary dance and dance in general is like super hard to access I feel feel like it's a real weird like community um and i think that's part of the job that i want to like do with Southsiders is i want to make it easier to get to for these kids like bro i went through so much before i even found out i could study dance and like uh i don't want other kids to have to go through that like i want them to know like this is a place you can go to if you want to do if you want to create if you have a story to tell anything like dance arts anything creative i want like southsiders or to be the place like in south to provide that platform and stuff it's cool like how, like how how massive do you want it to be like obviously there's there's, there's some there's some long-term goals but you got the self-sider collectives but even for yourself um andre like what's the ultimate goal for you in terms of dance and so forth what's what's what do you envision like oh man this is in a few years time this is where i want to be Ooh, I don't know. Um, I've got heaps of crazy. I've got like a notebook, like three notebooks full of ideas of like stuff that I have like just brewing in my head. Um, I don't know. I think I think I'll just be happy like just getting a house. <laughs> to be honest, I think I like. I think I just wanna at the end of the day just get what mum and dad had almost. Like I think that like supersedes anything dance wise like yeah i could get dance famous and make a cool show in a few years in that but to be honest in a few years in that i kind of just want to have a house have a little space for me and my partner you know maybe might have a kid but that's all i'm really thinking about is just working towards that i'm like it's funny because i spend so much time thinking about dance in the end, I don't think about dance at all. In the end, I just want to chill in a house, <laughs> in a little space with my partner and my family. Yeah, man, man. Man, that's, that's really interesting, just thinking about the dreams we have and whether or not or by how much they're like influenced by what our parents gave mm. us or didn't give us. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear you talk about like the importance of a place to call home, like yeah. a place that's ours and something that our parents almost had. Um, yeah, nah, I, I just wanted to give props, bro. I just, I'm grateful that we were able to have this heart to heart and I kind of feel bad. I just can't help but feel bad that it took this for us to talk all about good, some good. of the stuff that we did. But I'm, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. Um, so I just, yeah, I think I just wanted to give props, bro. I'm honestly so proud as an older brother and obviously we always do our best to try and support and like just rock up um, whenever we can but I'm always grateful for the time always got time for you and um, yeah just grateful to to have some competition nah, just <laughs> <laughs> some competition in the family finally you know like damn took five brothers to get here <laughs> No, nah, we'll nah, sorry, I'm deflecting again. That Brad's gonna turn off your mic. Just like <laughs> deflecting, like oh, we were getting too close, and then like, oh yeah, now nah, let's make a joke. Sorry, no, nah, yeah. that's mum, G. That's mum. <laughs> you know what I was trying to say. Nah, but, you'll yeah. see. Nah, all good, G. I got it. Message received. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, bro, hey, um, Andre, you know, likewise, bro, it's just been a pleasure, P- pleasure to hear you, and you're the youngest, you're the youngest thus, thus far on, on, yeah. the, on the podcast, and so, uh, man, we just, a lot of nuggets, uh, it, is, it has been, AJ, and uh, I think, if anything, I think a lot of nuggets from both of you, in terms of, uh, in terms of being brothers, but also just, um, I don't know, I just felt like it's kind of quite therapeutic, I don't know about you guys, but quite therapeutic just to hear some of yeah, the Yo. brothers, but also your story. <laughs> Um, because there's a lot of similarities, uh, like oh, okay, I think my family. But um, just no, thank you so much for as young as you are. There's there's, there's a lot of um, a lot of um, wisdom there as well, a lot of lived experience as well, bro. So props to you, all the best um, of your endeavors. And so yeah, just in those bright lights. But like you said, some of our goals, we have all these grandiose goals and dreams. But at the end of the day, it's like oh, it's just at the end of the day, just simple. I just want to just Yo, to be just little, like, little yeah, piece of land, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it. People have different dreams and different goals, but bro, best, all the best, all the best. And like everyone else that comes, um, you know, Jay and I and the, and the team we always give them a gift. And so we got we give you a, we got, we got a caricature for you. Ooh, bro, it was it was hard to find some photos, bro. But hey, this is I'm a ghost, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. A ghost. <laughs> and you're right, you're right. You're true, you're true to the word. You're weird in terms of not being on social media. But hey, bro, this is for you on behalf of the Manic team, man. Also, this is for you, bro. Ooh. Shadows. That's mean, bro. No, man. Shadows, thank you. Bad. Thank you. Oh, but but is there anyone, um, Andre, you can think of that would be ideal to come on the on the podcast that you, you could recommend? Um, yo, yo. Um, Mani Tuanga. He's the he, he's the, like the bro. Yeah, he hit Southsiders with his partner Jazz, but he's he's doing some really really good work. Eh? He's um a nurse out in the psych ward in Auckland Hospital. And he's been doing that for a few years, but he came up in the dance scene and he's real big in the crump scene. Like one of the most powerful movers I've ever seen. Yeah, mean, mean. So uh, yeah, I think he, and he's probably got a real good head. He's got a real good head on his shoulders, that guy. I think he'll be a mean guest. Um, yeah, there's a few others. Like I think Tom Scott from um, Avondale, um, Avondale Bowling Club and Homebrew. He's just released um, an album recently that's really good. Cool. I know that guy's got a few things to say from it. I listen to the album pretty mean. <laughs> but yo, nah, yeah. Oh, awesome, bro. Hey, thank you once again for your time, Andre oh, Busby. Good, but um, the last word goes to you. Um, also, any words of encouragement for our, for our men out there? Um, yo, just find what you love, bro, and just keep at it. Um, wouldn't be where I was without it. And be kind to everyone. Never know how much that kindness is going to spread, how much it's going to affect yo. Yeah, awesome. And as usual, Jay. Refine, unlock, unlock and take, take charge. charge.